Evergreen and friends, you have never looked better. You look wonderful. Feliz Navidad. It is so good to gather and celebrate Christmas Eve Eve with you and our friends online. If we haven't met, uh, my name is Carlos, and together with uh, my wife, Ilsian, and our precious daughter, Charlie Joy, we get to serve this faith community we call Evergreen. I know. Everyone stopped paying attention to me. I realize that. Yeah, she does that to me as well. But... Um, for the next 15 minutes, what we get to do is we get to consider a handful of truth claims and implications to the Christmas story. But before we dive into that, check out this night sky. Isn't that incredible? Yes, I think you should all be wowing over this incredible time lapse of Bryce Canyon National Park. Friends, this is considered one of the most beautiful night skies in the entire western United States. And can you imagine that it is far better in person? It is far better in person. I speak from personal experience because I got to go in the summer of 2016. Now, how did I get, how did I get there? Um, well, it wasn't easy. It actually took an eight-hour road trip and a moment of of, of, of a moment of courage. <laughs> um, true story. Um, I uh, decided to pack a few cans of ravioli, some water bottles, my tent, um, and my sleeping bag. And I drove from Los Angeles, where I was living at the time, to Utah, where you're going to find this national treasure. That was an eight-hour drive. Um, now, um, I have a picture just to prove it. Um, this, is, this is my car. This is my campsite. I realize, I know, I was bare grilling it. Can you believe I survived? That's a miracle in itself, right? Well, it was the middle of summer. Um, I was alone. I went with no camp reservations. Um, and I actually had never been to the state of Utah before. Why did I take this trip? Why did I travel? And it's because... I was seeking, seeking. Uh, truth be told, um, I couldn't tell you exactly what I was looking for, but I knew I needed someone or something to happen in my life. Friends, have you ever been there? Have you ever been in a place in life where you felt the need to seek for someone or something or an experience or a revelation or a sign? Have you ever been in a season of seeking? Well, perhaps that describes you tonight. And if that's the case, I believe that you've come to a good place. Seeking is what we find uh, a group of travelers doing in the Christmas story. Most know, their, most know them as the wise men. You might know them as the three kings or los reyes magos or simply the magi. And some are familiar with the details of their story. But truth be told, this group is a bit of a mystery, Right? We don't even know how many there were. We assume there were three. That's because of the number of gifts that they brought. So tonight, here's what I want to do. I want to take a fresh look at their part of the Christmas story. Uh, would you allow me to read that to you? Yes. I am so glad you said yes. I, I wouldn't know 
if you said no. But um, here we go. Matthew chapter 2. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary. They bowed down and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with the gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. I said earlier that one of the goals tonight is to consider a handful of claims and implications to the Christmas story I want to offer the first Christmas should cause us to wonder who is pursuing who. Who is pursuing who. Consider the nature of all relationships. In every relationship, there is a pursuer. Um, in, in, um, for, for the sake of Ilsian and I, it was clearly me. I was the one who went after her. I made the first move. I slid into the DMs like any cool teenager would today, except for I was in my early 30s. <laughs> you see, I pursued. I asked her out for coffee, then a hike, then a dinner date, and I continued my pursuit until she said yes to being my wife. You see, I pursued, and she simply responded to my pursuit. The Christmas story makes this incredible claim that God is pursuing us. I want you to point to your neighbor because it's the only time you can do it and not be rude. You can point to your neighbor and say, God is pursuing you. Now, I want you to take that big finger and point to yourself and say, God is pursuing me. If you're online, put in the chat, God is pursuing me. Now, think about this. Think about how God in the Christmas story is particularly pursuing these travelers, the Magi. He initiated with a star. The star rises. It says, we saw his star as it rose. I believe that the star is God's personal invitation to this particular group of would-be seekers. The star starts the adventure. Without the star, there would be no searching. 
without the star, these travelers wouldn't have known when or where to look. The star is the relationship starter. It's the kindling. It's the first move. It's the invitation from heaven for this group to seek and ultimately find. You see, the Christmas story should cause us all to see the wonder of a God who chooses to be the pursuer in the relationship. Friends, when it comes to us and God, he is pursuing us. Secondly, Christmas should inspire us to wonder what type of person does God pursue? Or maybe a better question is, am I the type of person that God would pursue? So we should consider the Magi once again. Who are they? Well, despite of lots of good research, um, scholarly research, we simply have very little information about this group of travelers. All we get is the Magi from the East. However, if we consider the gifts that they brought and where those items originate from and assuming that their search was a result of a practice of some form of astrology or other religion, our best guess is this was a group of astrologers with diplomatic intentions from the area of modern-day Iran. And if this is true, then this would make them Arabic by race, upper class by resource and education, potentially royalty themselves, and at a minimum, spiritually curious by behavior. Now, although we don't know for sure who these magi were, here's what we can confidently conclude about them. The magi would be considered in Jesus' day as outsiders. These were foreigners. They were out-of-towners. They were not citizens of mighty Rome. They were from a lesser country. These were outsiders because most likely they were pagan, not Jews. Therefore, they were not part of the chosen group. And so we should think about that. We should think about the fact that the star could have appeared to anyone. But yet the star didn't appear to Herod, who was the politically powerful person of that region, the self-reclaimed king of the Jews. Yet the star did not appear to the Jewish scholars and the scribes and the chief priests who represented the religious establishment of Jesus' day. Who was the star sent to guide? The magi, the outsiders, the not yet chosen. And so I want to argue this Christmas Eve that the magi are the least likely participants in the Christmas story but not only are they included, but they're pursued. They're invited from outside in. And it's because of this that I believe that the Christmas story reveals the wonder of a God who pursues the least likely. Those in the margins, those left out, the spiritually curious or even unresolved. And so you might find yourself here tonight and you identify with one of those groups. And so back to the wondrous 
Bryce Canyon Night Sky. I tell you, this is an incredible space, place. And um, I shared how I got there. I gave you the logistics of that. But I held back the, the real story, the real truth behind the story, and that's the why. Why would I take this trip by myself with no camp reservations, having never been to Utah with a bunch of cans of ravioli? That's kind of silly, isn't it? Why would I do all that? Well, here's the truth. I desperately needed a trip like this. I was in a season in the summer of 2016 that I would describe as broken, lonely, and longing, like I had never experienced in over 30 years of living life. You see, I found myself seeking because I was hurting. You see, earlier that same year, I had undergone the pain and the shame of an unwanted divorce. My life plans disrupted, my heart wounded, and my sense of value seriously challenged. And furthermore, at a deeper spiritual level, I felt this deep sense of shame and externally imposed disqualification. And so I was experiencing, for the first time in my life that summer, an unfamiliar result of perceived failure, causing me, feel, causing me to feel unworthy and distant from God, a God who I was holding on to believe that still had a plan for my life, that still loved me. And yet, that summer night, God did something. As I stared at those beautiful stars, as I stared at that Bryce Canyon night sky, I felt pursued, invited, seen, wanted by the God who reveals himself through the person of Jesus. You see, I was reminded that trip of what Jesus had accomplished for me. The forgiveness of all my sins, past, present, and future. The, the defeat of death itself on the cross, all while making possible a loving relationship between me and the very God who created the stars that I was being wooed by and the earth that I was standing on. And so God used a summer night sky to remind me that he was pursuing me. And there was nothing that I could do or anything that could be done to me that would change his disposition towards me. And so this Christmas Eve, if you are in a season where you're seeking, longing, broken, wanting, if that's you today, Here's what I want you to know. God is in pursuit of you. Why? It's because he loves you. Love is at the center and the driving force of the Christmas story. It's love that we celebrate at Christmas. And this is why we light the fourth Christmas candle in celebration of God's ultimate love in sending his son, Jesus Christ. And so it's because of love that Jesus became one of us. 
It's because of love that he lived the perfect life that you and I could not live up to. And it's because of love that he offered up his life on our behalf. And it's because of love that God rose his life from the dead. Friends, Christmas happened because God loves us. Now, you might be asking, Carlos, how do we know? How are we sure? Well, this time around, God has not sent us a star. He has sent us his son. 700 years before this event, the prophet Isaiah wrote these words, For to us a child is born, for to us a son is given. Friends, let me remind you or let me proclaim to you for the first time that Jesus is our eternal star. He's our guiding light. He's the relationship starter, the kindling that you and I need for us to experience what we are desperately after. And that's eternal hope, eternal peace, eternal joy, and eternal love. All of those things are found in one man, and his name is Jesus. So Jesus is God's greatest display of love towards you and I. And his ultimate expression of a desire to have a relationship with you and with me and with your neighbor. And so you see, let the Christmas story make it very clear that God loves you. He's in pursuit of you. And that God has a long history of picking the least likely participants to be key characters in his story. And that's what I believe he wants to do with your life. And so this Christmas, as we come to be inspired by all the holiday lights, let us not simply be inspired by Jesus. This Christmas, let's get to know him at a personal level. Because like the Bryce Canyon night sky, Jesus too is far better in person and in relationship. Amen. I'm going to invite everyone, if you are able to stand with me, and if you're online, you are invited into this next moment. And as we prepare to sing one final song, a couple more songs actually, um, I just want to offer this last thought that came to me as I studied this story, and it's the Magi. The fact that they came to Herod and they didn't know exactly who they were looking for. That's why they went there. They, they didn't know who, but they had already predetermined the what. They had already decided when we find the king of the Jews, we're going to do one thing, and that's worship. It says, we saw his star when it rose, and we have come for a purpose. It was clear. Their goal was set. They were going to do what? Worship. And so in this, it teaches us there, that there is a singular appropriate response when we come to see the wonder of Jesus and its worship. 
Now, worship can be any behavior indicating a trust in God's greater plan for our lives. For the Magi, what this looked like, it, it, it looked like them bowing down and offering something of value. And this was a significant act for this well-educated, potentially royalty group of people to bow down to a baby boy showed submission, surrender to a higher authority. So I want to ask us here and online, have we responded to Jesus in this way? And in a moment, we're going we're gonna to get to do that. But before we do, I want to offer anyone in the room or anyone watching or listening to, uh, for the first time, if you've never responded to Jesus, maybe you've never said yes to the invitation that he gives or maybe it's been a while since you've prayed out and asked God to be in close relationship with you, then I wanna just offer a simple prayer that we can all say together, and it goes like this. We can read it out loud. It says, God, I see the wonder of Jesus. I surrender my ways for his way. I accept Jesus as my King and Savior. I am choosing today to follow him. Maybe there's someone here in the room who that prayer represented your heart and your desire. If that's true for you today, here's what I want you to do. Tell someone of your decision to follow Jesus. We'd like to know ourselves, but if there's someone that you want to trust with that, we want to encourage you to do that. But for the rest of us, now we get to respond the way the Magi did on that first Christmas. And that's worship. So let's do that together.